I have known two Dorcases in my life. It is a very rare name. Beautiful, powerful. The first Dorcas I knew was in Wichita, Kansas. She was a pillar of the church. When I say pillar, it means that if something were to happen to her, the whole place would shake, you know? She was head of the altar guild. It'd be like if something happened to Faye Wisner here. She had this enormous family, and they all sat with her every Sunday. It was amazing. And when her husband became ill, she took such beautiful care of him. I'll never forget that. And then we have a Dorcas here in our own congregation. She, too, is a powerhouse, has run multiple nonprofits, and can host quite the dinner party. Our Dorcas from the book of Acts was remarkable. In the time when women were not considered human, you know the word woman meant literally walking womb. I'm not kidding. This woman seems to have created some kind of a business for herself making things out of cloth, whether she was sewing or weaving, dyeing, isn't clear, but we know that she made tunics. And we know that she owned her own home. And we know that she was very generous and did many acts of kindness. And she was so important to the early believers in Jesus that when she died, it was as if a pillar was taken away and they were rocked and shocked. They knew that Peter was in the town next door in Joppa, so they sent for Peter. Here are all these people crying and talking about the tunics that she made for them. <laughs> Her body was upstairs in a room. Peter goes up there and he shoes everyone away. And in a scene that is the exact mirror of the one from the Gospels, where Jesus raises up the daughter of Jairus, Peter kneels down close to the body and calls out her name in Aramaic, which is Tabitha. I don't know why Dorcas and Tabitha are the same name, but okay. He says, Tabitha, rise. And from somewhere beyond death, she hears his voice, and she returns to her body and sits up. It's an interesting model, actually, bringing back to life the pillars that die. We'd have quite the church if we did that. But the main thing that happened is that somehow, from some place, Dorcas heard his voice. She heard in Peter's voice the voice of the Good Shepherd. 
and she came. Early church, the first images we have of Jesus are not of him hanging on a cross, but they are of Jesus as a shepherd. Because the earliest Christians believed that they needed to follow him like sheep followed a shepherd. But how do we do that? I know that when I die, I want to hear the voice of Jesus, and I want to go to that voice. Sometimes when I take my dog, Coley, to the park, he'll be playing and running around, and I'll call to him, and he will just bound to me, so full of joy. He'll just be running and running and running. That's what I want to be like. I want to hear God's voice, and I want to come running. But we're supposed to, in this life, practice hearing the voice of the shepherd and following. And in order to do that, we need to understand what it means that we are sheep. You know, sheep are kind of dumb, aren't they? So it's a little bit insulting to be considered a sheep. For years, I didn't like it at all. I didn't want people to think I was a sheep. Sheep are so stupid they can walk off a cliff. But I'll give you this. Sheep have been around for 10,000 years. So they're doing something right. But the first thing we need to understand in order to know ourselves as sheep is to understand that we are fundamentally fragile. Human beings cannot make our own decisions without God. If we run the planet on our own wisdom, in our own way, we won't get very far. Can you agree with me on that? If we look across this planet, how are we doing? Eh, not so good. Our country is polarized, we're at war, we're polluting, it's, there's a lot of mess. At some point in our lives, we need to admit that we need a savior that we don't know which way to go, not by ourselves, that we're small. When it comes to this cosmic universe, we are small. Our brains are small, and we don't always know which way to go. That's the first thing that we need to understand. It doesn't mean we're not precious. It doesn't mean that we don't have a lot to offer, but we fundamentally cannot see clearly what is in front of us, what is to come. We need God. We need a shepherd. Secondly, sheep are always in motion. They are designed by God to move. They don't sit still. It's not who they are. And human beings are the same way. We are designed to grow and evolve and change. Ask the quantum physicists. The system that is resilient is one that is adaptable. The systems that are stagnant will not evolve and will die. This is how the natural world works. I know it's scary. I know that you don't want to learn the latest technology or order Uber Eats. But it is part of who we are. We must learn to grow and change and not be afraid of that. It is how God made us. 
God made us to move. You were not designed to sit still. God also made us to be together. If you notice in the parables, when a sheep wanders, Jesus goes and gets that sheep, and where does he bring them? Does he bring them off by himself? No, he brings the sheep back into the fold. We are designed to walk with others, with people that we love. You are not supposed to tackle this life alone. Find other believers, find people who love you, talk to them, communicate with them. We are designed to be together like a flock. I really do believe that God is speaking to us all the time. I think that the Good Shepherd calls to you and calls to you in so many languages, offers to you so many ways to hear him or her or it, the Spirit. God is always calling. The question is, can we hear that voice amidst all the noise? Imagine if the Good Shepherd had to shepherd the sheep in the midst of New York City with all the traffic and the beeping and the technology. How would they know how to hear him? You all have so many voices being thrown at you, spam calls and emails. How can you hear the voice of love? Make sure you find times to be quiet. Just like Peter asked all those people to leave the room. Put away the noise and the stuff and the gadgets and spend 10 minutes in quiet a day and practice the art of listening. God is calling to you through the wind that blows through the trees, in the beauty of this stained glass window, in the smile of someone that you love, in a flower given to you on Mother's Day. God talks all the time. And the Good Shepherd really just walks a little bit ahead of the sheep. The Good Shepherd doesn't make strategic plans doesn't walk years ahead. How could the sheep hear if the shepherd were way ahead? God is usually calling you to your next step, your next event, to stop and notice something beautiful, to take care of someone, to buy some extra groceries. It doesn't have to be something huge and cosmic. Just the next step. Watch out for that cliff the shepherd might say, or let's take a turn here. Follow me. I will bring you forward into the life that I foresee for you, one that will unfold before you. I will call you forward into the fullness of who I mean for you to be. But you have to listen. Admit that you don't know it all by yourself. Keep moving and stick together. I do believe that, I pray that when I die, I will hear that voice, a voice of such beauty 
such wisdom and that I will know it. I will say, oh yes, I've been listening to you my whole life. I'm coming. Here I come. Amen.